Hello everyone, welcome back to the Box Seat Podcast. After a little hiatus, we are back talking Husky football. Just like last year, I'm your host, Nathan Matheson, and I'll be releasing podcasts once a week, every Saturday morning before the football games, where I'll basically break down the upcoming opponent and what key stats you might want to know about them. With this being the first of the season, I'll also be doing a little review from weeks one and two with how the Huskies fared. Before hopping into this episode, I've got a word from our sponsor, Elm Coffee Roasters, open in Pioneer Square, and SLU for takeout and indoor seating. Order coffee and more at elmcoffeeroasters.com. Now, without further ado, here we go. So three weeks into the season, and everyone is freaking out, and rightfully so. If you've been living under a rock, I'll catch you up real quick. Washington opened the season at home against an FCS school in Montana. Now, Montana is one of the better schools in the FCS, but they're still just Montana, an FCS school, and they were going up against Washington, a Power 5, Top 25 ranked school. A Division 1 Power 5 school should not lose to an FCS school. It just shouldn't happen. Yet, Washington did lose, and they lost while performing horribly on offense. Washington's loss to Montana was the sixth time an FCS school has beat a ranked Division I football team. It was an embarrassing start to what looked like a promising 2021 season under second-year head coach Jimmy Lake. So where did UW go from there? Well, they traveled to Ann Arbor and got their tails absolutely whooped, losing 31-10 to to Michigan. Through two weeks, Washington has only managed to put up a meager 17 points on offense, and it's been downright painful to watch. The running game... The supposed strong suit, the bread and butter of this offense, I mean remember the Jimmy Lake run the damn ball hat? Well, that run game has been missing now for two straight games. Against Montana, Washington ran the ball for 65 yards. Against Michigan, it got even worse, only getting 50 yards on the ground. But hey, not all the blame can land on the offense's shoulders. The defense has got to take some heat as well, specifically the run defense. Against Montana, it wasn't atrocious. They allowed 127 yards, so not bad, but still 127 yards to an FCS school. It shouldn't be happening. Now against Michigan is when that run defense just fell apart. Against Michigan, Washington allowed 343 yards on the ground. The first time the Husky defense has surrendered over 300 yards on the ground since 2015 against Arizona. So you put some blame on the defense there, that's fine. But still, remember what the biggest issue with this Washington team is, and that's the offense. And even the offense's struggles can be linked to contributing to the defense's shortcomings. No team is afraid of the Washington offense. I mean, why should they be? They've been downright atrocious. They've been predictable and easy to stop. So in many cases, if it's fourth and manageable, the opposing team can confidently go for it knowing that if they don't get it, at worst, their defense will probably only give up a field goal to Washington, if anything. That's what happened in the Michigan game. The Huskies' defense forced a 3-and-out. However, instead of punting on 4th-and-1 from their own 30-yard line, Michigan runs a fake punt and gets the first down. The very next play, after thinking that the Huskies' defense was done, they thought they were Done after forcing the three and out, they had to trot back out there, and they made a couple of mistakes in their run fit up front. 
The safety took a bad angle to the running back. Next thing you know, Michigan's Blake Corm is scoring on a 67-yard touchdown run to put the score to 10-0. Now that I've summarized the first two games, let's take a look at this upcoming game against Arkansas State today. It's a game that anybody two weeks ago would have guaranteed a Washington win, but now is anything a guarantee for this Washington squad? Before getting into this preview of Arkansas State, however, another word from our sponsor, Elm Coffee Roasters. Open since 2015, Elm Coffee Roasters is devoted to high-quality coffee that's easy to brew at home and a joy to drink. At our roastery and cafe in Pioneer Square, Seattle, Elm obsessively roasts small batches of coffee they source with a focus on sustainable practices that lift up the whole supply chain and protect the future of the coffee plant. Elm's goal is to make a truly exceptional cup of coffee and an experience you look forward to every day. Cafes in Pioneer Square and SLU open for takeout and dine-in service. Please use code podcast at elmcoffeeroasters.com for 15% off your next order. Now back to the scheduled program with previewing Arkansas State. Arkansas State is going to be a very unique team to play as they're probably going to be the fastest team that Washington will see all year long. They also run kind of a unique 2QB systems of sorts. First off, let's touch on the pace of this game. In week 1, Arkansas State beat Central Arkansas 40-21 to and they ran 80 plays on offense. In week 2, Arkansas fell short, losing to Memphis 55-50 to and they ran 101 offensive plays. That's a lot of offensive plays. To put that into comparison to UW, against Montana, UW ran 71 offensive plays. Against Michigan, they ran 70 offensive plays. So clearly Arkansas State is a team that has a quick pace on their offense and they want to score at will. I mean, you see that with them putting up 40 points and 50 points in their two games. That's something that UW has shown an inability to do, score at will, as they have 7 points and 10 points in their first two games. Now, getting to that 2QB system, which I think is really unique. Against Central Arkansas, James Blackman got the start. About a quarter into the game, however, he came out after a sack. The other quarterback, Lane Hatcher, steps in and finishes the series. He does not score on that series, I believe, so Blackman comes in the next series again. Now, Blackman finishes the half, and then with two minutes to go in the third quarter, Hatchet comes in again in the middle of the series, and throws a 34-yard touchdown pass. Hatcher then comes in for the next three straight drives and goes touchdown, touchdown, and touchdown. He finished the game a perfect 12 for 12, 150 yards, and four touchdowns. So who got the start against Memphis in their next game? Hatcher. However, after falling behind 41 to 23 with two minutes to go in the third quarter, Arkansas State figured it was time to make a change and put James Blackman back in at the QB position. And what does Blackman do? He goes on an absolute tear, scoring four straight touchdowns, throwing for 306 yards. However, he fell just short, running out of time on their last drive. So if you're going to take anything away from this, just know that Arkansas State likes to throw the ball. They average 460 passing yards per game, the most in college football. Overall, through two games, Arkansas State has thrown for 901 yards and 9 touchdowns along with 0 interceptions. The good news about this for UW, UW is the best passing defense in college football, allowing only 74.5 yards per game. 
So Washington has the defense that should be able to at least slow down Arkansas State's high-powered offense. It'll then just be up to Dylan Morris and the Husky offense to somehow, some way, put up more than 7 points. More than 10 points. Or it's going to be another embarrassing loss for Washington. One thing to keep an eye on is that the Arkansas State running game, while not their strong suit, it is still more than capable of taking advantage of a team like Washington, who is struggling so mightily on the ground. Through two games, Arkansas State has run for 292 yards with a 4.1 average yards per carry. Now, even with the high-powered Arkansas State offense, I think that the poor Arkansas State defense will allow that struggling Washington offense to finally find the end zone a couple of times and manage to squeak out a win. I don't think the final score will be pretty. I don't think the game will be very pretty. But I will say that the Huskies will probably win, and I'll say the final score for it will be 20-14. to So each team puts up two touchdowns. However, Washington also adds two field goals. A little bold prediction I have is that Washington will force their first turnover of the season, and it'll specifically be a pick six for Brendan Radley-Hiles, just to kind of get the offense going, get the points on the board, and kind of ignite this Husky team, something that they haven't had the last couple of games. They haven't had that energy. So getting a turnover and taking it to the house would be a huge not just energy booster for Washington, but also a confidence builder going into their Pac-12 schedule. Now, that's about it for today. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Now again, I'm Nathan Matheson. You can follow me on Twitter at Nathan Matheson. And this has been The Box Seat, which you can also follow on Twitter at Box Seat Podcast. Thank you very much. I'll see you next week, breaking down the Cal game.